Hey, what's up, guys? It's just me sitting here on my lonesome saying hey to all my pals out there. Well, a little time in Madrigal is just what our PCs needed. A little bit of time to tie up some loose ends, sleep in a familiar bed, hang out with King Blythe. You know, all the normal stuff one does in Madrigal. So I will tell you what, if you want to jump right to the action, you can hit the 6 minute and 30 second mark. And make sure to check us out on social and give us a like and a review. I'll talk to you guys soon. Previously on Knucklebutts. After escaping certain death, the butts fled Prussia Dome astride Yugar, the brilliant bronze griffin. With a diamond shard in hand, they flew straight back to the city of Madrigal, where they found the Red District, home of the noble estates of Madrigal, practically overflowing with newly drafted soldiers. Without time to assess, they hurriedly sought the king's council, only to find him munching on some raisin bread awaiting his breakfast. He informed our intrepid heroes that the draftees were conscripted to fend off monster hordes emerging from the ash forest of Delane, and seemed rightfully troubled by the news of the new threat coming from Prussia and the strange personage, the Martin of Umbros. In light of everything that's happened, King Hector Blythe urged Gaultier to finally go through the accolade. And in a less than ostentatious manner, Gaultier Waltier de Jumeau took a knee as a mediocre middle son, was ceremonially tapped on each shoulder with a dirty butter knife, and rose as an oath knight of Madrigal. What's next for our quartet? Only one way to find out. Bone boys, Scalades, osteo envies, trans taluses, chitin kids, and all you cartilaginous folks in between, welcome back to Knucklebone. Knuckle butts. Oh, my camera's gone. Well, that's okay. We're all better for it. Yeah. Oh. No, I just had the flap up. Oh, yeah. Well, hi. My God. Nice. How are you guys today? I completely forgot about Waltier, and yep. Yep. truly it made my Sunday already. Gaultier Waltier. <laughs> That's just one of those things where you can make a little joke and it just sticks. Because yep. why not? It's the wonderful world that we live in. It's... Who came up with that? I mean, it was kind of a... a I think it was my... One-two punch. I mean, I Probably. put in the... I, when I wrote up a previously on, I just put a name in there, so it was like a full name, not just Gaultier Dejimo. Wal- you put Walter. I put Walter. Yeah, yeah, put just Walter, to put something and in I there. I was like Waltier. Yeah. <laughs> and it evolved from there. I mean, it just had to stay. Look, if so, if something that fun happens, you just sign off on it and you move on. You know <laughs> what I mean? I mean, that's that's we yes all ending. laughed that's... and everyone went, "What's his real middle name?" And I was like, "Fucking Waltier now." <laughs> What do you think it was? <laughs> no, I hadn't. I hadn't written one. You know what I mean? Like, I hadn't gotten that deep on the names. Like, right, right. You say that as a, I'm a like blank space waiting your, for a joke. I'm like scrolling through your family's back hit backstory, and there's like 87 people. You I, didn't come up with I your own say, middle name. <laughs> I I didn't do middle names for anyone, but I did get super extra on like a little bit of family tree and like family history stuff because. It just felt like important to 
the idea of nobility to me, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Knowing that, like, that's the sort of shit that I think would be important to the character. So I thought about it a lot when I was like designing and like figuring out why he's the way he is. Like, I think with other characters, you go like, oh, they went through this event or they're from this region. It's like, I don't know, man, he's been pretty like rich and pampered and shit. Like, why is he the way he is? And for a noble, it comes down to like, oh, the weird pecking order in like with your siblings and your aunts and uncles and stuff, you know? I kind of enjoyed reading back and like seeing who seeing who the relations were and it was it's a I good do time. sort of now want to go back and give everyone a fucking stupid middle name. <laughs> oh yeah. That's that's part of the family story is a ridiculous middle name, yeah. Right. It's like you know those families where like all their children have their names start with the same letter or whatever. Like it's it's that except they just have dog shit middle names. <laughs> I was for a hot minute I was gonna be Harrison because my two older Ooh, sisters yes. have H names. Well, with that five o'clock shadow, you are rocking the Harrison. I'm rocking the facial Harrison. Although our friend uh, did, in fact, give her children, I believe she gave them two middle names. And um, her daughter, one of her daughter's middle names is, in fact, Adventure. So that she could grow up telling people Adventure was her middle name. That's cute. All right. Well, after this thrilling interaction... If only there were, if only there were someone who could master these particular dungeons. There's no dungeons around mm-hmm. here. <laughs> All right, so let's. There's no dungeons in Castle Madrigal. Nope, none. So let's. Seems wrong. I don't know. They let's just kill some somber music. <laughs> just S and M room. Thank you. Beautiful. That's perfect music. I like that what you did it sounds like somber whale song. <laughs> God, you guys, our podcast was fucking unlistenable. <laughs> I, I can we, that we we absolutely have to isolate just that section and use it as music somewhere else, right? No, put it through so like a MIDI thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. Turn it all into string sections or something. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Come with me, my friends, to Madrigal, the greatest place in the history of Madrigal. Just going to let that one go. Thank you. Some place deep in the green districts of Madrigal, tucked between and behind a number of abandoned industrial buildings with broken windows, buildings tarnished with aging graffiti, a handful of rats chitter and scurry into an old open door. Footfalls slowly grow louder as three figures, Liza, Babatha, and Blep, round a corner. Noxious black smoke billows from smokestacks on the tops of the nondescript buildings. They know that this entire quarter of the Green District is intended to deter those who may be curious enough to explore, that it belongs to their coven. They know, too, that this quarter is filled with enough witches, warlocks, and artificers, whose very presence is enough that even the bravest mundane workers in the Greens give it a wide berth. They approach a door made of cast iron with the intricately engraved image of a raven, wings spread open and a serpent in its talons, and they simply pull it open. The kettle, the home base as it were, of the coven, 
It's a busy workplace on the ground level, where kilns and ovens radiate heat and the constant pinging of hammer falls dominate the space as workers in aprons, goggles, gloves shout to one another. The place smells of oil and dirty smoke as large cauldrons in the middle of the open space bubble and boil over. Mass potion brewing. The three of you make your way into the space, heading for the doors to the lift, where you go down and down and down, and with a ding, the door opens and you step into the head office of the coven. The door opens on a path going either direction and an open foyer below. You can see down three floors into this space, not entirely unlike Capital H Home now that you're thinking of it. In the middle of the space downstairs is a fountain that gushes with a beautiful glowing red liquid and people walk back and forth on the lower floor. The underground space is almost grandiose. Ornate black stone, smooth as fine tile, cover the floor, walls, and ceilings. The enchanted stone radiates a soft light, and a number of glowing orbs float slowly about. Dozens and dozens of offices line the walls here as witches and warlocks carry out their daily duties. You feel comfortable here in the kettle. What do you guys want to do here? Well, uh, because we got the news from Kryopchna that Mod Graham was... Oh, he'll use losing her shit. Mm-hmm. Babitha leaves her way down the hall and uh, approaches a witch sitting at a desk who she recognizes as Hedgewin. Hedgewin. Hedgewin, Hedgewin. Hello, hello, darling. Uh, oh, this is Please hey. catch us up. Uh, what's going on with Maud Grand Critch? I said there was a quite a a stir happening here and I'm afraid we've got a big news that we need to share at once with the coven. Well, hello. Hello, Babitha. It's been quite a while since you've been here. It's nice to see you again. Well... Oh, yes, yes. Always lovely, Hedgewin. How's your garden doing? Oh, it's lovely. I just harvested all the peppers and oh my goodness, they came out so nice. You'll have to come by and I'll give you some. Oh, I absolutely love that, darling. It's so nice to see you. Uh, and how about you, Liza? How's everything? I can't believe I've I've never met you before. I haven't. I I mean, I I think you forget. I I've never been to the kettle. This oh, is. Oh, um, weren't they at my garden? Yes, yes. I'm so I thought sorry. you came by Liza. my house at one point. Eliza, it was very brief, actually. In fact, it might have actually been before you were officially in the coven. We did stop by uh, Hedgewind's place. Oh, my internship. Yes, it was during your internship. Yeah, we had to collect some uh, some herbs and uh, some, so I believe it was some mandrakes we had to get from you. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was very, very brief, though. In fact, uh, yes, I'm so sorry, Eliza. I was in such a... There's so much going on. I completely forgot that you haven't actually been in the kettle before. We just yeah, this is fucking past. wild. <laughs> oh, dear, darling. Yes, I realize I should have pointed things out, and there were so many people we should have met. Anyway, uh, time for a tour later. I have many questions. I'm happy to answer any that you might have. Well, my question, Hedwin, is what's going on with Maud Gray? Oh, interesting. The most important question. Yes, this is this is very important. Yes, you're, you're not wrong. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, so she kind of, like, exploded her whole office. (laughs) Um, What? It was crazy. 
we were just kind of working away like you know any day at the office filing papers whatever i don't know what all the warlocks do over on the east side whatever but there was just i can play with their dick right it's warlock that's all yes and then all of a sudden the whole place just shook and boom, boom and you look down i i'm not even kidding you look down into the foyer and there's just smoke and flames billowing out of her office it was crazy it was crazy i guess i guess they said that she was okay and they kind of tried to ward the office and make it so that nobody could go in there and get in and they like made it so you couldn't see in and then some of the healers went in and tried to help but it didn't sound like anything was going really well and so like it was just the next day that they took her away so i heard that they took her to an out coven to like keep her a little bit safer and away from everybody um i I don't know where they took her but it didn't sound like she was doing very well i mean i would imagine so explosions are not good no no definitely not so i think that creation is actually in charge right now i mean with nobody else in the office it's kind of like i don't know you have to do your job but somebody has to take the calls you know well, I mean, of course, of course. Um, oh, interesting, interesting. Um, but but you haven't heard any other words, though. It was just she just kind of seemed to lose her mind. There wasn't any. Um, she didn't explode, correct? Just her office. Um, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I heard that they took her to an out coven. So like, if she exploded, it doesn't seem like that would have been. Why would you have taken her to an out coven if she exploded? Has anyone said that they've talked to her lately or checked in or reported back? Maybe? Mm, not that I know of. And that's not strange to you? And no one found that like alarming hatred. So I don't know what they did. <sighs> um, oh my goodness. Is, is Kriachna in, darling? Is she actually holding, holding court, as it were? Or, or is she still operating from her home? Oh, no. She's, she's in her office. You know that in the coven, the lower that you go, the more, um, the more, the higher ranking you are. So, so like, her office is downstairs. Oh, okay. So I would be on the like spire, like I would be, <laughs> I would be well, full Rapunzel right now. So, so the way that this is is like this is all industrial area upstairs, right, or outside. And so when you guys first walked in, this is like the the factory is on the ground level. This is like everybody was covered in soot and sweating and gross. The artificers and the potion brewers and everything. Um, and the lower that you've gone down, the more reputable you, you become, essentially. Liza just extends their hair, very long French braid down to about knee height. And uh, is... Uh, just in honor of Rapunzel. Oh, oh, what a lovely love trick! I, I love it. My yes, yes, it's a trick. Cute little trick. My body, yes, cute. I don't like this fucker. Is she being sarcastic? Hedwig looks at Blep. They are they being sarcastic? Blep just shrugs. <laughs> Liza, Liza just like walks off and. Hats, bleps, hat, just like twice. 
thank you, buddy, <laughs> and just walks off to just go look at something, uh, like, past Hedgewin. All right, Hedgewin, listen, uh, I'm... I need to go see Kretchner right away. We're going to head downstairs. But if you could just let everyone know that uh, we're going to need to hold a meeting uh, here soon. In fact, uh, we're going to... I know I haven't worked all the kinks out yet, and I know what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Hedrin, we, we are going to need to activate the web, uh, as it were. So if you could just let everyone know uh, that uh, we're going to need to gather in the hall. Obviously, we, we'll clear it with Kriachna, but it's uh, it's most urgent. Um, uh, yeah, so if you could just uh, let let uh, let everyone know that they need to, to, to meet us here as soon as possible. We've got... Um, Listen, it's very critical news, so if everyone could just put their potions on Simmer and finish up any secondary <laughs> that they've got going on, uh, you know, make sure you've got that last rune taken care of. Uh, oh, wow. It's, um, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty important. Uh, Liza, darling, Liza, we need to go. Yes. Uh, we're going downstairs, if you could just uh, put that down. Liza put that just down. has, it, like... 15 potions in their arm like trying to manage to hold all of it just turns around just like <laughs> <laughs> am I allowed to take these? like it would really I... be swell if you didn't I've spent a lot of time actually working on those and um, it's kind of an order for some other people okay can I take one? You can take May one. I? You could take Please. one. Thank you. You can take oh one. God. Yeah, you're you're no longer on my shit list. Thank you so much. Okay. And Liza just picks up the most mundane looking <laughs> potion. Uh nice. because in Liza's brain, the most mundane thing is usually the most powerful. <laughs> okay, sure, that makes sense. But it might just be like water. Liza, you can so. put you can put in your inventory one potion of healing. <laughs> Uh, cool. <laughs> so Lice is gonna just take a little nip off of it, like they did with uh. Oh god! Just ma- just make sure that you add when you add it to your inventory, you note that it's one d four minus four. God damn it! <laughs> I I love Liza has a habit of like buying a potion, uncorking it slightly, just like rubbing a little on gums, like, yeah. like... just doing a key bump of of potion. <laughs> I mean, surely anyone that travels with Babitha uh, is a com- is like comfortable with the the periodic uh, little little potion test. You see, as yeah. you're as you turn to go out, you kind of see Hedwig. She lifts her hands up in the air and she starts like motioning them around a little bit, and you see this square of light, sort of uh, like an outlined square of light that appears and she starts like tapping little sigils that are inside of it and then like up next to your face you see a a little orb just appear up to the upper right and you hear a web call imminent please prepare and then it goes away excellent excellent we head straight for creation so that potion of healing should be 1d4 Minus eight. <laughs> what? Where did you get those numbers from? I don't one, know. One D four. I forget how we did it last. It's one D four plus four, I think. Okay. Um, 
on this it says uh 2d4 plus 2 that's what i meant what am i talking about 2d4 plus yeah, 2 is what also, it is yes it's also the number of die always matches the addition right so that's always like if it's 2d4 it's plus 2 if it's 44 it's plus 4 right that's the oh interesting that's the structure of the healing potion thing so if you want to flip them into minuses it works you know okay that's hot i like that yeah that's an easy way to remember it that's hot um yeah let's go down and see creatina really quick what do you guys uh you guys head down you have to go down some spiral staircases at the far side that take you all the way down um there's people that are walking back and forth various witches and wizards and there's this you go all the way down to where this fountain is with this arcane red liquid that's just kind of like <sighs> it looks absolutely don't touch stunning. that Liza. thank you yeah, no problem. <laughs> Camera pans over. Lysa's got a finger going towards it really slow. Babitha passes by the fountain and approaches a set of double doors with some kind of gilded scrolling symbols uh, that kind of frame it decoratively. But the door itself uh, within it is pretty nondescript. And she is knocking as she is already turning the knob to enter and going, Shana? Shana, Krishna, darling, are you in here? It's most urgent. Oh dear. Yes, enter, I am here. Who's that? Oh, Babitha. Uh, I was not expecting you to be here. Oh, Krishna, it's such a relief to see you, although I admit I wish we were under better circumstances. Poor Maud Grain. Poor indeed. She does not seem to be doing very well. Oh, well there's nothing that I can do for her as I am not a healer, so we put her in the proper hands and hope for the best. Indeed. Unfortunately, uh, Kriachna, it's not just Maud that we need to be concerned about. Um, I've gone ahead and asked Hedwin, asked Hedwin to activate the web. I know it's still a little bit buggy, but... Um, Things are quite dire. Have you heard news of the creatures that were coming from the ash forest, Delane? Yes, we've heard of the creatures coming from the ash forest, yes. The hordes. Yes, well... Have you seen the, the new recruits that the king has drafted a new military to take care of it? Yes, unfortunately, Creature, it's not merely uh, the hordes emerging from the forest. We... We encountered these creatures uh, a few times on the road uh, and seem to have uncovered some sort of nest of them in Crescia Dome uh, that are that are surely approaching uh, as well. Um, listen here, though. Troubling. This is, it's, it's much more troubling than that, Creature. You have no idea. Babitha grabs a potion off of her belt, um, <laughs> pops a cork and takes a big swig of it and just... Puts her head in her hands. This is Kriachna. These creatures, they, um... I'm doing Kriachna's voice now. <laughs> Kriachna, darling, these creatures, they're... They seem to be targeting magic users. And when I say targeting, I mean I... I saw one of these creatures burst from the chest of a half-orc at Jinktorum. Oh dear. And then we found corpses, you see, of, uh, of Astervalian, uh, Are you well? Are you well? I'm not, I'm not well. You should well. cut I'm back on the potions. Distressed. I'm so sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm quite fine. You don't want to see her without the potions, Kriachna. 
Oh, is it really that bad? I mean, it's not Oi. bad, it's just not good. Oi, that's not good at all. I love your hair, by the way. It's so lovely, very long. Thank you. Hmm. Let me ask you, Babitha, what is it that you wish to communicate on the web? Well, I, I wish to uh, alert all of the magical users of Arbalea that they are uh, at a tremendous risk of of yes. encountering these creatures uh, we need to alert them to the signs of letting someone know that they may be I don't know about to have a, yes, a yes. vicious monster burst from their ribcage um, uh, and uh, and uh, quite frankly well there's a whole other level of this you see creationists we've been oh. chasing after these shards as you know we found another one because you're working um, for the king I'm aware yes yes well there's another party interested in these shards. Well, I'm sure there are a number of parties interested in these shards, and they're quite valuable. And this most recent one seems to be made of diamond. It, regardless, creation, stay on task, please. As I was saying, <laughs> we have encountered a number of times now a, a mysterious personage uh, who refers to himself as the Martin of Ambrose. Who uh, seems to be able to, uh, whether willingly or not, kind of be coming in and out of corporeal form? Uh, Fascinating. Uh, and he he's seems such a Leo. He's such a Leo, really. Oh, uh, and really oh no, not a Leo. Oh, am I right? Oh, am I right? Uh, you can see uh, Blep is just like rolling his eyes. <laughs> okay, Babitha, Babitha, let me slow you down one minute. You have a simple job to do from the king, hunt him down, find well, these shards. Well, well, well. Take it. Okay, slow, slow down, slow down. She reaches out and grabs the potion vial from you. Just slow down for one minute. Allow me to make the web announcement. Okay, I need you to go take a break. You need to go and finish your mission from the king. That is what you should focus on. It sounds very important. Let me make the announcement. I will take care of everything. Do not stress. Are you quite certain, Kriyachna? I mean, this is... These things are... Truly horrific. My and dear, I'm... my dear, absolutely. What you are doing for the king in the field, you should stay in the field for now. Focus on one thing. Do not overextend yourself. Yes, yes, of course, of course. We... Well, we did hear sighting of another shard out towards Astervale, and I, I imagine that's where we need to head next. Although I admit um, I'm a little bit concerned now that uh, there are uh, convening hmm. hordes headed our direction. Indeed. Uh, to the main counter. Although we have, have you seen? Oh, uh, we didn't tell you. We have a griffin now. How cool is that? Well, that's fascinating. Yeah, so... It did not try to eat you. No, well, so we, we found this this statue while we were down in the sewers, oh. and we were getting ready to ride this dragon turtle. By the way, dragon turtle yes, you told me. in the sewer. I do remember talking of this. Yeah, incredible. Let we me... found this bronze statue, and uh, Liza, you know, just kind of mm -hmm. on a whim, decided they were going to throw themselves... Uh, was not on a whim. Full last effort. Thought I was going to die. This was not. I would not say near death is whim. I would say well, it was. Such a thrilling adventure you seem to have been on. This is something that you should write a story about or something. 
this is amazing. Uh, well, you know, I've been thinking what we what really need is uh, what we really need is a bard. Oh, and she slowly oh. turns and looks at Liza. Right, right. I forget sometimes. Liza just has a quill and is like writing. Oh, you want this written down? Okay, and is like mementoing on themselves. <laughs> Creation of full face palms. You're the bard. I could not remember who you were. I'm so sorry. You're the bard. You're the first bard in the coven. Yes, yes I remember. Yes. Oh, I'm so. I couldn't. I did not recognize you. I how. I did not know that that's who you were. I just thought that you were an adventurer with Babitha. You're the bard. You do oh, look oh different, Liza. The last time that you saw Creatina, you look rather different. I mean, I will. Liza turns into Creatina. <laughs> hey, hey, no, this is me. I mean, <laughs> I, the. I'm not going to take that personally because no, we have not met. But I mean, does the coven not have like an intro message that goes out like, "Hello, this is Liza. This part. Uh, well, they look like this occasionally. They look like this occasionally. Their voice sometimes sounds like this occasionally. Like, what What are you... Are we not... I feel like an onboarding process... There hasn't really been much of an onboarding process, and I did right. want to bring this up. Perhaps but... this is something that we will address in the next council meetings. Yes, this is a good yeah. point. Yes, uh, Babatha, yes. you, uh, like, no offense, you are not Mod Graham. <laughs> you are not... Kriechna, like no but you did apprentice under me and i feel like an obligation to... i'll be sure to put it down in the next council meeting but for now let us not bog ourselves down with details i apologize for not okay. properly introducing myself i am Kriechna. hello i am you but i am also great uh <laughs> liza just changed back into like their base form and it's just like i am also me hello <laughs> now that the introductions are passed Allow me to make this call on the web. I will take care of this. Okay. So we'll go out to okay. all the coven members. Yeah. In the meantime, as I've instructed you previously when we spoke, you should probably find the Jessam Slate in the lane and Victrum yes, yes. de Ponce in Astravale. Victrum de Ponce is the... De Ponce runs the observatory out of Astravale. Oh. It will be easy to find. <sighs> yes, 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 yes. Sir Ponce. Sir de Ponce. He's a bit of a... He's a bit of a tinkerer. He likes to work in mechanical doodads and all of this. Beyond my area of expertise, but he will help you. Okay, okay. So you'll convey all the information that you need to Krishna, who will uh, create a, a call and put out the good word to all of the members of the coven, spreading the word. Great. Um, I, I want to say, Liza is not just because they were insulted by the fact that Kriachna just straight up didn't know who they were. I am curious if Liza's getting a good vibe from Kriachna. I mean, Modgrame can... has not been heard from. They are now in, like, Kriachna's now number one in power. They are still telling us to, like, be out on the field. I'll have like, you yeah. roll. You can go ahead and roll an insight check. Okay. And regardless of the outcome of that for Babitha, Kriech, for somebody who's been in the coven as long as you have, Kriechna is a very high-ranking coven member. Did you take your earphones out so you don't hear? Nice. Um, <laughs> Kriechna is a high-ranking member of the coven. She is a member that gained her status through uh, through hard work, diligence, and in taking care of business. 
it's this is sort of what she does this is her her thing is is like she's the right hand to mod in leading this coven right. so it, it's pretty easy for you to feel comfortable letting her do this <laughs> okay cool so that's good it, it's like i wouldn't say that you guys have uh, particularly ever had a good relationship but um but yeah. But Babitha is always overly casual and friendly. Which which does not rub off well on Kriachna because exactly. she likes she's Kriyachna very professional. Yes. Wants it to be seen as like the professional that she yep. is. Exactly. And Babitha, as we know from her interactions with the king, uh very cash. You know. Hyper cash. Very cash. Re- respect is earned, you know, and uh People are just people at the end of the day. Roll that insight, Liza. Ooh, wow, that's hilarious. I got double 17s, even though it was Ooh, still straight that's up. Nice. Uh, but that is a dirty 20. Ooh. You feel not only that Kriachna is, is a professional person, despite having not introduced herself, you also maybe catch a little twinkle in her eye towards you. Oh! Can I do a insight check into that twinkle? <laughs> uh, maybe Can later. Can I insight into the insight? Maybe later. Uh, if you know what I mean. Oh, maybe later. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Liza is going to. She's really to... into herself. <laughs> well, <laughs> that oh, sounds, so sounds like she would be. <laughs> so feeling at ease, put your conscience put to rest, and Krachna telling you guys to. You know, take it easy and take care of the job that the king put in front of you. We slowly fade to black. And we open up on Galtier de Jumeaux, trouncing through the red districts. Fresh meat, you think, as you walk by the hundreds of new recruits overflowing the reds. I wonder how many of them will make it home. I wonder how many will find in themselves something they never knew was there. Something they love about the fight, like you did. But after your expression at Crash a Dome, you know that this is necessary. Altair, what are you doing in the Reds right now? Um, the thing you see first is he's doing that um, almost obnoxious thing that like a senior member of any organization does, where he's like, with every new recruit that he can catch their eye, he's making like, a half a second of real eye contact and like a little there's like a manly nod you know and under his breath a couple of like oh, there you go son like, hey you can do great like he's doing like the weird uh the coach thing to just like random kids you know yeah yeah each one of them as you're making this eye contact making a comment they stand a little bit straighter and a little bit sterner a little more confident as you pass by uh but he, as he's working his way through here this district has some of the like little markets and stuff as well right yeah so this is kind of the uh this is the royal district so you're not going to find anything grungy or gross around here but like you know uh vendors things like that that are like high-end stuff yeah galtier's gonna go to a place he's probably been a bunch of times he's gonna look for his favorite like toy maker oh nice um, and try to pick up um a matching set of toys that he thinks are appropriate for like 12 year old girls Oh, I love it. Um, okay, so... And, and what he thinks, he probably has truly no idea what the right thing actually is, but will. 
sort of go into the shop and buy something that's probably like four years too young for them. It's a tent like you would find at a fair or something. It's just like this big colorful tent that has a bunch of toys and yeah. there's like music boxes that are chiming off songs and a couple of My kids Little are Undead around. Pony. My Little Undead Pony. Um, I actually think it'd be fun. I don't know if I want to leave it up to chance, but let's uh, roll a d100. Uh, Nick, that is a 56. You go in there to find the to find something as a gift, and you're looking around, and you see this really nice mechanical bird in a cage. It seems to be operating on its own free will, but it's clearly mechanical. And you think to yourself, that's a perfect gift for them. Uh, yeah, Galtier will... Um, buy it immediately uh, get two of them uh, and yeah and he'll sort of like um, if they have like a um, draping or a wrapping of any kind to make it look more like a present or a little bow or something he'll have them do that mm-hmm. I like uh, it and then sort of like strap them over his cloak and, and sort of head off into the city a little bit yeah so you're heading um, he will f- uh, Gauthier's gonna head out into the city um, and he will first attempt to um He's going to go visit his sister, Isabel, his twin sister. So you approach their house. You know you know where they live. Been there a billion times. Uh, this really nice gardens are landscaping all over the place with hedges. And you go up to this really, really, really nice, almost an estate-looking house in the Reds. Go up, knock on the door, and a familiar servant opens the door. Ah, oh, yes, dear Jamo. How do you do? Oh, hello there, master of the house. I, I've come by to see my dear sister. Is she in? Oh, dear, I regret to inform you she's gone out of town. Her and Artemo have gone to Domingrave. He's been invited oh, as a dig- uh, dignitary. Well, that is uh, good news. Indeed it is. It could mean some form of progress in his work. They've decided to make a bit of a vacation. Oh, well, that is uh, sh- surely excellent. Do you happen to know when they are expected back here? Oh, dear sir, I don't know. The trip to Domingrave itself can take six to seven days. Of course, could be, of course, yeah. It could be a full fortnight before they return, should they immediately decide to come back and not enjoy themselves. Well, I I, uh, I think I appreciate you uh, doing your duties to the best of your ability, taking care of this here home, and uh, I will I will surely swing by and, and uh, look them up when I get the opportunity. Indeed, thank you, good again. sir. I am sorry. Oh, don't don't you mind? It, people are busy all the time. Thanks again. Uh, Galtier will sort of like, yeah, he'll sort of like head out, um, knowing that he's in this sort of like you know the fancy part of town where mm-hmm. his whole family lives, essentially. Um, this is this is like that space in like Southern California or whatever, where it's just like really really nice houses everywhere, well manicured lawns, right. big houses. It's just all estates. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, as he's crossing the district, he will see um, one of the sort of like monasteries or like churches that is here in this area. Hmm, the Chapel and of try Light. To pop 
Yes, he will see. He will head over to the Chapel of Light, which is nearby, and try to visit his uh, younger brother Udah. Udah, approaching the Chapel of Light. This this chapel is is pretty massive. The bell tower is almost 200 feet tall, made of looks like solid alabaster. It's absolutely beautiful. The gate, however, is closed with a guard, halberd in hand, standing at attention, and he nods as you approach. Sir. Oh, well, hello there, sir. I was hoping I could come on here to the Chapel of Light and uh, visit that dear brother of mine. Oh, I'm sorry. You, uh, access is not permitted at the time. They are communing with the light. They cannot be disturbed in their commune. Oh, I, I don't mean to disturb anyone's communion there. I just, uh, I have a bit of news for my, my brother that I'd like to share. If he could just take a moment. I'm sorry I cannot permit you entrance. I would be happy to take a message, though. Oh, uh, yeah, that would be, uh, I suppose that would do just fine. Yeah. Have you got a a parchment or anything? Of course. He whips out a spiral notebook and a number two pencil. (laughs) (laughs) A mechanical pencil. Click, 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 click. What sorcery is this? (laughs) No. Um, uh, Galtier will, um, start to write out um, the good news about his uh, accolade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, you know, from the sort of narrative camera over shoulder view, <laughs> we see him kind of like chicken out with the news and just write like, I have a very important piece of news I'd like to share with you. Please uh, uh, seek me at your earliest convenience. Gautier. Uh, sort of fold it up and pass it over to the guard. I, I do really appreciate you taking this message, and again, I'm so sorry to have uh, uh, interrupted here. Oh, all is well. You've not interrupted anything. They simply cannot be interrupted while they are communing. You know how it is sometimes with the clergy. They... very particular ways. Of course, of course, and it, it is all for the light. It shines upon us all. Awesome. All right, hey, you, you have yourself a wonderful day. I'm going to head on out of here. And th- thank you again for delivering that message. Indeed. Long days and pleasant nights, good sir. Hey, you as well. Um, Galtier's going to turn and head up um, towards um, his uh, family home in an attempt to visit um, where he believes probably his brother Manfred would be, um, where his youngest twin sister... His youngest sisters, who are twins, Emily and Hermina, would be, and potentially his parents may be in as well. You head through the Reds towards the Dejamo Manor, their very own estate. This is the place that, if you are looking for a Dejamo, you come to this place. You don't go to Gaultier's house. You don't go to Manfred's house. You come to the estate to figure, to, to hunt them down, to address business, things like that. And you're able to get into the house, and it's just... It's a big, beautiful manor house. Twin staircases going up to the left and right onto catwalks with rooms and rooms and rooms. Just a beautiful, beautiful house. And it's dead silent. Not even a servant to address you. And at first it clicks clicks for just a second. Your mother and father are probably at court given the current circumstances. And it's probably a good bet that Manfred is up on the front. Uh... Gautier will uh, pull down the two bird cages and sort of like set them out in front of him 
Um, and he takes a long moment to like pull off the drapery and like adjust the bow or whatever's on there to try to make them look, you know, just the way you want them, just so on Christmas morning kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'll sort of call out into the big open foyer, like, Emmeline, Emmeline, you all got your ass here. Come on out now. You hear a scuffle coming from the side, and you see this um, this housemaid comes down the hallway kind of kind of swiftly at hearing your your shouting hello dear Dejamo. i i'm sorry but nobody's home at the moment it's just me and i think i heard that emmeline and ermina were headed off to academy the other day their rooms are are pretty sparse at the moment already off to school those those two uh brat minds absolutely well, of uh, course, you can't give them a break. They they would just go crazy if they didn't have a chance to study. Now, of course, that does that does make quite a bit of sense. I remember myself; I was a bit of a rascal around that age. Uh, I have these uh, gifts here. Should I, oh, should I leave them here? Those are lovely. One one for each. Oh, it's so it's such a thoughtful oh, thing for you, sir. Well, now I have to take care of my little sisters, don't I? If you would like, I can leave them in their quarters. I'll be sure that they get them when they arrive. Oh, that would be that would be most excellent. Thank you. And and, and do you know are they staying there at the academy? Are they going to be back here at the household soon? Well, I think they're going to be there all summer. Yeah, of, of course, of course. That that does make sense. I think that's how academies work, anyways. <laughs> and oh, uh, and. And, and my my eldest brother, the distinguished Manfred, is he? Uh, seem he also does not appear to be here. Oh oh dear no, he's not been here for oh, for a week now. He's gone up towards Delane. He's he's leading the he's leading one of the defensive fronts. Ah, I see, I see. That does yeah. Troubling times. It's all. Honestly, it's all very scary. Well, now don't you worry. Just one minute there, fair lady there. If anyone can handle keeping this here city completely safe and secure, of course, Dejamos will take care of it. I have to say, I think I'm more scared of seeing the armies in the streets than I am of seeing the ghosts wandering the streets. (laughs) Troubling times, though. Troubling times. Now, don't you remember all them lads gonna make sure that everything here is uh, completely safe? And this this will pass in no time. Trust me. I hope you're right. Is there anything else I can do for you? Oh no, that is more than enough. Thank you again. I'll be taking my leave now, but uh, I I do appreciate your contribution here. You're very welcome. And she takes the bird cages, the mechanical birds within, and heads off down the hallway. Um, Galtier will take a couple of sort of long moments kind of like a short perimeter on the inside of this foyer. I assume this is sort of just probably like big paintings of different, um, you know, ancestral members of the family, like patriarchs got by sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sort of like run his hand along the bottom of the, the stair railing and sort of just like in his mind, he's thinking about all the like big events and, and things that have been thrown in here since he was a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the house just seems super duper empty. Yeah, it's just um, such a quiet day. And then he will um, stroll out into the street. Um, 
yeah so after after this sort of like long couple of moments of sort of lingering in the memory of the the home Gaultier will um, head out back into the red district um, he thinks briefly about trying to track down um, his middle sister Margot but his sort of oh, distaste M-A-R-G-E-A-U-X <laughs> of course not you monster <laughs> Uh, I mean, I am. I am gonna have to change that now. God damn it! I feel like that's Gaultier Waltier. Her, yeah. Canonically, her name is now Margot Escargot de Jamo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> so fucking. I'll stupid. see myself out of this exposition. <laughs> um, Gaultier will head back out into the red district, briefly contemplate trying to track down his middle sister Margot, um, but just thinking about the fact that he knows where he'll find her yet again is like somewhere in the magic and alchemy district probably covered in soot tinkering with something or trying to summon an arcane spirit um, <laughs> right. there's just like a shiver up his spine and uh, he instead takes a turn down the street and goes to um, sort of his favorite public house in the area Galtier will head inside grab a spot at the bar um, yeah, uh, he'll order. He'll order himself. Oh, oh go for it. Um, oh yeah, if you don't mind, uh, I short a little tidbit here. So, Gaultier, feeling a little bit defeated, you make your way to the Red Wall. The, why are you dancing? You make your way to the Red Wall, the kind of pub of your choice, more of a gastro pub, a really high end kind of place. And the Red Wall really is a red district gym. The decor is that of a fine lodge, thick timber beams, massive oak tables, and a beautiful oak bar. The mood here is pretty calming, considering you're kind of upset. The fireplace is unlit at the moment, and the bartender greets you as he grabs a glass and wipes it with a rag on his shoulder. You look down, my good sir. What'll it be? First one's on the house, what do you say? Well, now, you know I don't turn down a free drink. Why don't you make that a cognac for my friend? Absolutely. This bartender, who is, like, clean-cut, beautifully shaven, grabs a bottle, pours out a cognac for you, and slides it over to you. You're looking down. Oh, well. Sorry to darken your beautiful establishment here with my countenance. Take a big sip of cognac. But, uh, as a matter of fact, it's, uh, been a rather wonderful day. I have, uh, Recently, finally, taking my oaths. An oath night in the Red Wall? Well, I'll be. It sounds like they're all on the house for you, good sir. Oh, well, I'd have something I could drink to, absolutely. He cheers you with the bottle and sets it down in front of you. Uh, Gaultier will um, sort of sit and sip his cognac, and I feel like it's one of those like camera pans back, and it's just him alone in this beautiful establishment with this very nice bartender, um, but none of his family. They're talking back and forth. Their conversation fades out as the view kind of pans away and fades out until there's nothing. Perfectly sad as fuck. Evening has come, and Corvin 
the king's advisor, played by Natalie Portman, who wears a cloak of massive black feathers. The half-elf, whose left eye is cloudy and white, played by Natalie Portman, leads you down a familiar hallway deep in the castle. Have you ever thought about maybe being a ballerina, Corvin? Anyways, I feel like this conversation has met its natural end, Liza Strubichel. I mean, it, it, it wasn't much of a conversation. I was mas- basically just making a bunch of observations about you, and you never responded, but, I mean... Forgive yeah. me, I have been deep in thought. Uh, Galtier turns to Babith and goes, I honestly can't tell anymore which one of them is being rude to which one. <laughs> well, Liza does suddenly have uh, feathers sprouting from their neck, as if an imitation of the cowl, but in a more grotesque way. So I'm starting to think that it's uh, both. Both. Yeah, it does seem to be a sort of equal opportunity offensive. Indeed, indeed. Corvin stops in the middle of the hallway. There's nobody else around. He looks to you four and he says, King Hector informs me that you know of Umbros. Is this true? Yeah, I had a, a, a brief but uh, illuminating conversation with him myself just the other day. Well, Umbros is where he's from. He being the Martin, which is to say the uh, the, the large weasel creature, uh, not like Martin. Yes. Like within I. It's clever. Like he's not like you know the Gaultier, right? He's he's like well, now hold the on, that might groundhog. Be. But I am the Lysa. Well, yes. I'm glad we established that. Are you quite done? Well, I think we're just getting started, but if you've got something else to say, darling, please, by all means. Do you want me to yes-and you, or do you want me to be quiet? Or no but you? If you know of Umbros, then you should know a brief history of Umbros itself. Ooh. Ooh, let me take out my notebook. And she goes and she pulls out the, like, red book. And she, like, goes to open it and goes, oh, ooh. Puts it back in her bag and pulls out a leather-bound journal. She starts taking notes of it's, uh... Liza does the same thing but pulls the quilt out of the back uh, their back pocket and just rolls down their sleeve and is, like, <laughs> writing on, like, their forearm now. <laughs> Gauthier attempts to summon a scribe that isn't there. Well, now somebody, come, somebody, come write this all down. Scribe. I have. I am doing the scribe snap. I have ensured that we will not be disturbed. This information is pertinent only to you because your quest from the king deems it necessary. Ooh, I will cast cone of silence. And then, well, then I just cannot do... speak. <laughs> oh, I, I more meant people outside of the cone couldn't hear us. It was mostly a joke. I just wanted to throw glitter. Are you quite sure? <laughs> yes. 
This guy is genuinely kind of terrifying. Or no, this Natalie Portman is like genuinely kind of terrifying. <laughs> I can't get over. I can't like resolve this in my head that this fellow my, is terrifying and Natalie Portman. My favorite thing is that this is a scary half elf man with a somewhat deep voice who also is Natalie Portman. <laughs> it's like I, I keep seeing the uh, the the witch from Big Fish. I think is Helena Bonham Carter. But how she's got like that the eye is fucked up and the hair is all tousled and everything. Anyways. Yeah. So Anyways. it's Helena Bonham Carter. It's it's Natalie Portman portraying Helena Bonham Carter, who is as acting Corbin. as Corbin. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Who is now performing as <laughs> Corbin. Ogres have layers next. Listen closely. Please calm down. It's rather important. Is it I don't know. Ever tell me to calm down. This could be yeah, important you, to your adventure. You have accidentally hit a red hot nerve with this particular group of individuals. You might want telling to avoid. Me to, I mean, telling me to calm down is my geek, though. Are you quite done? <sighs> I am quite done. If you know of Umbros, then you should know this. Once, they were called Virali. But those days have passed. Now they are Virali fallen, only Umbros. The nights grew longer, the days grew colder, and their world grew thinner. Their numbers grow smaller as the hordes feed. When the great gods first appeared, it was in Virali's time of strife, plague, famine, corruption of men, their world was ending. But the gods brought magics and medicines, so they say. They turned Virali into a symbol of strength and power, not unlike Madrigal, something all could strive for. But men, as they do, fell back into their old ways. And again, Virali suffered. This time, the gods were angry. They had been betrayed. And so they let Virali suffer, and more, they punished them, sapping them of their power, sapping them of their essence, destroying their very world. The gods, they say, leech away at that which gives life to them. The earth itself shrivels and freezes, and monsters feast on the living while they suffer for the sins of the past. I once was there in Umbros, and take heed, that which destroyed Virali could destroy Madrigal and Arbalea as well. That the echoes and hordes have appeared here tell me that the veil between worlds has been opened and must be closed. Not to brag, everybody, but that's kind of what I thought was happening. And with that, Corvin opens the door to the king's personal armory, potions and scrolls on one side, weapons and armor on the other, and in the middle of the room, on a mannequin, is a polished, glimmering, brilliant red breastpiece with a gold-lined, five-pointed poinsettia emblazoned on the front. Well, Babitha, I believe they have your armor request ready for you. <laughs> oh, lovely! 
and we will see you guys next time on Knuckle Bones. I love the way that us doing that looks in the little like wave file thing. It's just these big blocks of like, this is stupid. It's <laughs> a big block of your fucking idiot. I'm dumb and not funny.